started asking God, I said, why do you want us to, why does it look like before anybody gets your presence, he has to go through some kind of pain, discomfort, before anybody experiences the power of God, why, why must we go through certain things? And the Lord began to teach me some of the reasons why sometimes before his glory come upon a people or a place or his power comes upon a particular person the person must pay certain prices amen he taught me a lot of lessons first thing he told me was this he said no spiritual being is permitted to operate on the earth except they are they have been licensed by a human being. I'll say that again. No spirit is permitted to operate on the surface of the earth except they are licensed by a human being. So if a demonic spirit comes into this territory, that demonic spirit was licensed by someone. Ima, shut the door for me. And the same thing, if the spirit of God will come into a territory, some of the things that we are going through in Nigeria is a function of the spiritual portals that were opened by wicked men and occultic men. If you come to a particular territory and you are noticing that um, what is predominant in that territory is prostitution, um, murder, or you notice some, so many evils predominant in that territory, there was a man or a woman that opened the spiritual portal. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And the Lord began to teach me and said, anytime, before any spirit comes into a territory, a place will be prepared for that spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if anybody is inviting a spirit to, into a territory or into a particular place, he has to prepare a place specially for that spirit. And if that place is not well prepared, he, he can do all he wants. The spirit can come. That is why a native doctor has a shrine. That is why an occultic man has a room that nobody enters. And spiritual men understand this. But the problem is that believers do not understand this. And God began to take me through memory lane in scriptures, in the Bible. And he began to show me that wherever he dwelt was kept aside for him. Every time God was going to come down. He won't come to where everybody is. He comes and stay on the mountain. The mount was called Mount Sinai. Still, in fact, I searched about that mountain. It's, in the, it's still very, very, very uh, in existence. And then there is even him. Uh, someone that journeyed, I watched the video of someone that journeyed there. There was a mark of the fire of God. There was a time the Bible says that the thunder came and fire came. And then there was a, there's still that same mark on that mountain. Just to tell you that God does visit the earth, but he doesn't visit a place where he was not, that was not prepared for him. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. He doesn't visit a place where he was not invited. He doesn't visit a place that was not prepared for him. So he began to show me even um, to the children of Israel, he told them to build an ark. He told them to prepare a place. He, they built an ark, they built a tabernacle, and he would not come there until he was specially invited. But anytime he was invited, because he has a place, then he would come. 
am I communicating here? The same thing happens with your life. Today I'm teaching about consecration and commitment. Consecration is simply preparing a place where God can inhabit you. That's what it is. Separating a place for God or separating something for God or letting go of something for God. That's what consecration is. So we have many believers who go to church, profess their love for God, but they don't have a, a house for him. They don't have a place he can, he can come. They don't have a place he can dwell. They don't have a place he can come and do business. And so what we do is that we come to church. You know, you know, <laughs> when you come to church, I'm sure you know church is where, spi where spirits come to. Am I communicating? And I'm, I'm saying this so that you will not think that it's only God we are talking about. God can, you can prepare a place for God to come to, but when, when God comes, he doesn't come alone. Are you aware? There are, he comes with entourages. When God is in a place, angels will be there. When God is in a place, saints will be there. I can prove it to you from scriptures. When God is in a place, he's not alone. Hebrews chapter 12. Let me show you from scriptures to prove to you that when God comes to a place, he's not alone. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 22. Okay. Are we there? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Yes. 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 Okay, let's take it one after the other. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, unto an innumerable company of angels. That's number one. Let's, let's see the next. Number two. To the general assembly of what? The church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. Now, this, this, this um, particular scripture is talking about the saints that have died. Saints that when Jesus rose from the dead, the people who rose with him. You know, remember when Jesus rose from the dead, there are people who rose with him. Are you aware? Yes. Abraham, David, all those guys that lived in the Bible days, that, that pleased the Lord in their lifetime. When Jesus rose, he rose with them. These are the people that are talking about the church of the firstborn. These are the people we are talking about. The firstborn are the first people that resurrected. So these are the people that are found. Go ahead. Next. Now God is also there. Go ahead. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. Yes, go ahead. And to Jesus, the mediator of... So Jesus is there. There's a spirit called the spirit of just men made perfect. There's a spirit. It's called the spirit of just men <laughs> made perfect. It's, it's, I, I, I'd like to call him the Holy Ghost. Amen? So the Holy Ghost is there. When then he said Jesus is also there. Go ahead. What else is there? 
and to the blood of the sprinkling. Yes? So some of you think the blood is just a liquid or a substance. The blood is actually a personality. Tell, tell your neighbor the blood of Jesus is a personality. Is a witness. That's what it is. So, you know, when, you, when we say, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, you think you're just pleading an object or a thing. What you are calling for is a witness. He has mouth. He can speak. He has ears. He can hear. He has eyes. He can see. It's a personality. So, when we gather before the presence of God, this blood shows up. What else shows up? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that scripture, um, we've seen what we wanted to pick from that scripture. So let me not go to it so much in details. The Bible talks about, about seven categories of people who are present wherever God is present. And when a man opens the portal of the realms of the spirit and invites God, he sh he's inviting all of these spiritual beings. And then he must have prepared a place. Am I communicating? Because if you don't prepare a place, they won't come. So when you come to places like church, for instance, you have come to that, that you've come to the atmosphere where those spirits are present. So that is why you can see a lot of things happen. In church, people's life can change in church. People can be healed in church. People can be delivered in church. People can receive ideas that will change their lives forever in church. Because they didn't come amongst men, men. they came amongst spirits. And why is the church such a place where the Spirit of God can manifest and move among? Because the church was consecrated, was separated. Am I communicating here? But I want to take this even deeper. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's look at that scripture quickly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans caprano hosibanashtos. Kibabarasina hondrevinashtos. 12 and verse 1. Yes, I beseech you therefore. Yes. Amen. No, it's okay. The Bible says that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So, the, the Lord, the this time around, God does no longer want to stay in temples. God does no longer want to stay in, in, in an ark. He doesn't want to stay anywhere else. He wants to stay in us. And that was why he went as far. Amen? Can you imagine the creator of the whole universe diminishing himself to grow in the womb of a human? And he was born. And then he died so that he can no longer just be the only one alright he can no longer just be the only one who has access to God he died so that we can all have access to God and then he, he didn't just do that he, he died so that he can he can live in every one and each of us he did it first with the first woman Mary and then he decided he was, he was going to die so that he can now begin to live inside every one of us as the Holy Spirit, as the presence of God. 
And so this scripture, when you go to receive, when you when you want to give your life to Christ, amen. The first thing you do, the first thing you do is not giving your life to Christ. That thing they call altar call. The first thing you do is, re- is that you received the life of Christ. And then the second thing you should do is that you will give your life to Christ. I don't, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So when you re- answer an altar call, you, you say some prayers and say, Lord, I accept you to my life as well as a Savior. What you're doing is that you are receiving and you are believing in Jesus, you are receiving his life. But it doesn't end there. Many people go and receive his life and say, Lord, I believe in you. You are the Savior of my soul. You are my all. And they walk away. They don't do the second path. It is not complete. After receiving him as your personal Lord and Savior, you must also give to him. And that, that's why many believers don't carry the tangible presence of God. They, they, they received the life of Christ, but they did not give their own life. And so this scripture says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Because until your body is presented, the being that you are, you are worshipping will not have a place to stay. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Eh? He will have a place to stay. Look at what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. I will read because of time. It says, For we, for you, we are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I will illustrate it this way. Somebody came and said, I'm going to, you are, you are a slave to somebody else. And the person said, I'm going to pay your ransom and I'm going to take you. I don't like the way you're suffering. I'm interested in your life. I want your life to be better. And then you say, yes, I want you. I like you. I want you to save me from this guy. And then you accept his offer. And then he saves you. And then as he saves you, you know, he saves you. You have money in your pocket. You have some money in your pocket. You have um, maybe a son. You have a daughter. You have some little things around your life. And then, as he saves you, as he has bought you, you now go to him. And you now say, thank you, sir, for buying me. For this money in my pocket, I can't give it to you. It's not yours. This, this, this wristwatch is not yours. This clothes I'm wearing is not yours. And this car I have is not yours. This house I have is not yours. Somebody that bought you. Is it reasonable? Is it reasonable? Now that's what many Christians are doing. And this is why we don't see the tangible power and presence of God. You, you lock God. God has bought you with a price, but you lock him away from your body. You, you don't give him. You don't separate your body unto him. Your body is not separated for him to stay. He has bought you. You have received him, but you have not given to him yourself. And so he can't do much with you. Because until he has a place to stay, he can't do much with you. Shout a big amen. I want to show you something very important. You see, I have a lot of scriptures to share tonight, to today, but I want you to pay attention. There is a spirit behind this message. And you, after today's service, 
the power of God will be tangible in your life. You know, you know, there was a story in scripture. The story of a woman called Hannah. She was looking for a child. How many of you know her story? She was looking for a baby for many years. And then the day God decided she was going to, he was going to give her a baby. Hannah promised the Lord. I think this is book recorded in the book of First Samuel. Um, First Samuel. I don't want to, I don't want us to rush into it, but it's recorded in the book of First Samuel, chapter I think six thereabouts. Chapter six and thereabouts. Now, Hannah promised the Lord that if God gives her a son, that no hair will touch his head, and he will give him back the son. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I look at the story of Hannah, and I want to show you why many believers are struggling. For many years, they were going to a place called Shiloh. They were praying every year. She would go. And everybody have a testimony. Everybody have children. She, she didn't have a child. And so she, she, she believes in Jesus. She believed in God. She's even prayerful. She even gives sacrifices in church. Every year, she will come and she's very serious. She's very devoted. Amen? I'm showing you what gets the attention of spirits. What gets God's attention on your life? She, she did those things for many years and she was still barren. She wasn't with the child. Until the day she, she, she made a statement and said, God, I have decided that if you give me a child, I will, no hair would touch his head. Somebody say consecration. And then I will give him back. So say, say consecration. Now, what she did was that she consecrated that child to the Lord. He said, he, she spoke, she said that God, if this child comes, he is your own completely. I can't take anything from you. This child is completely yours. And as soon as he, she made that statement, then the God that gives children showed up. There is a dimension of manifestations we are looking for in your life that you have not seen. God is actually waiting for you to step out and say, now, I will give this one. I will give this one away. I will stop this one. I will stop that one. I will leave this one. I will give out this one. The day you make that declaration, that's the day he will become interested in your case. Am I communicating? Because the spirit does not operate until he has been given a place to stay. When the Bible says, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, it, it did not say you should kill yourself on the altar. You slaughter yourself. It said you should give yourself you know what makes up a human being? The Bible mentions it in Mark chapter 12 from verse 12, Mark chapter 12 from verse 33. That thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your strength. So what makes a human being is these three things. Look at that. Mark, Mark 12. Just look at it. So when God is saying present your whole body, he's talking about these three things. These three major things. Look at it quickly. Mark. Mark twelve thirty. Mark twelve thirty. Don't, don't 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 bother. Just look at the scriptures. I'm reading it now. Let's read it together. One two three. Go. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all. Did you see these three things? These are the things that makes a human being. 
So when God is asking that you present your body, or he's saying you have been bought to the price, therefore glorify God in your body. What he's asking you to do is these three things. Present all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. And if you if you're unable to do these things, he will have a place. He will struggle with you. He will have a place. You will call on his name, but he will have a place to manifest his glory and his power. I can show you myriads of scripture. There was a man in scripture also. His name is called Abraham. He walked with God, you know, accepted God, the same way I just explained. Accepted God into his heart, believed the voice of God, and went to a place at God's command. But there was something left. God could not do so much with him. God wanted to make out of him a, a, a father of many nations. Just like some of you, what God wants to do with you is beyond bread. It's beyond money, car. God wants to make out of you a generational blessing. Hit your chest and say with me, I'm a generational blessing. Oh, you think I'm, I'm joking about it? It's recorded in the scriptures. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 he said you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light you have been called for something that is transgenerational you are a holy nation I was thinking I was just a man for myself but I am a nation in myself. So what God wants to do with you is just like Abraham, is beyond you. Am I communicating here? Just like what God wanted to do with Abraham was beyond him. I want to give you an instance. If I want to build a house, sir, in your father's compound, are you with me, sir? Jeremiah, are you with me? If I want to build a house in your father's compound, I am the one building the house. I'm the one running around building the house with men, paying them as well. I'm also working with them. Can I build a house in your father's compound and live here in Abuja? I want to build the house with my hands. I want to supervise the house. I there's a way I want the house to be built. Can I build it and I'm staying in Abuja? Where will I stay? In that place. I want to supervise everything that is happening. But if I if if what I wanted to do is not a house, probably. If I if it was not a house I wanted to build, maybe I wanted to dash money. I wanted to buy you a car. I can buy you a car. I wanted to buy buy food stuff. Buy your father's house food stuff. I can buy from wherever I am. True or false? But if I want to build something that would outlast every generation, if I want to build something that after they are dead and go, something that will last for many years, if it's a building I want to build, I have to come as my wife oh, this thing is, you are doing is not good. This, this thing is not properly done. I have to be there with you. Because God is building something with you that will outlast you and benefit many generations. If you don't invite him in, 
that building will not work. It has to be a vital part of the building. Am I communicating here? Speak in tongues for a while. Just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. Shambarata ke brando ko prenele vina toske bahash. Shkema mama mande ki kubala digi vinuza aiken tais. Kombre ne fenta. Skubrin de letali givinuj akta venetela. Brando ske praze ki devish. An active part of me. You are an active part of me. You are an active part of me. You are not afar off. Your place is here, Jesus. Your place is here, Jesus. Ayayaya balada do siene kombre. Korieta likosa. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now look at this. Now, Abraham did something. Because God wanted to become an active part of the building of his generation. He, God wanted to make out of him something that would be a beneficiary for many generations. Just like many of you here. Some of you, the wealth God wants to give to you is transgenerational. Some of you, what God wants to do, you think God wants to just give you a job and give you a car, give you a comfortable house. God wants to use you to break the jinx of poverty in your family. That's what I'm trying to say. So what God wants to do with you will outlive you. And for that kind of job to be done, it is, it is compared to like a building. It's like a structure God is trying to set. And for structures to be set, it takes a while. It takes time. And it takes the order of the structure to be on ground. If an architect is not on ground to supervise what he's doing, that building will be built and to be resources will be wasted away from his plans. And the same thing happened. Abraham was working with God. He was just, he had given his life to Christ. He has, he has, you know, he has accepted Jesus into his heart, accepted God, was trying to follow the instructions of God, you know. But he had not given himself. God did not have a part in him. Do you understand what I'm saying? We must come to a, part, a point in our life where God has a stake in our lives. So, this guy continued. And then he came to a point. He was doing a lot of things, though. At the point, his wife told him, Ah, you see, you don't have a child. Look at you, 79. Go and sleep with my uh, house help so that we can at least have a son. He said, Ah, the first time in history, your wife will tell you to follow side chick. Say, Kai, this is my wife, a godly woman. And he went, slept with her guy, and gave birth, um, gave birth to Ishmael. But God was not, that's to tell you he had not given something to God. He had not, he was still, he had received from God, but he has, he has not given. And so God could not do so much with him. And so God kept him quiet. But he got to a point and God spoke to Abraham boldly, written in the scriptures. He says, now you shall walk before me blameless. Say with me, now you shall walk before me blameless. What God told Abraham was now is the time for your life to be consecrated. I want to have a stake in. I want to have a seat, a throne in you. I want to now be in charge. I have allowed you for many years, just like some of you understand my voice. God has looked at you for many years. You've been struggling and all that. But there is a time. And now is the time. He wants to have a stake 
in your life. Joel, are you with me? Some of you don't know this. You've wasted many years, but God is saying, now, I want to have a stake. Like he said to Abraham. Now, do you know what God did? After he told Abraham that, he watched Abraham, and he told Abraham to go and circumcise everybody in his house. Amen? After he told Abraham, now I want, to, um, walk, I want you to walk before me blameless. After a while, he gave him Isaac. Amen? He now gave him Isaac. But then, after a while, he now told Abraham, circumcise everybody. Circumcise everybody in your household. He started with himself. I want to tell you what circumcision is. Because God was, was coming into the family now. He wanted to take... Do you know that it's a way God can come into your family? Nobody, even if you, you give birth to a child, and the child wants to become a cultist, it will be very difficult. Even though that child says, I want to be poor, it will be very difficult. Are you aware of that? I was talking on, on Thursday, I was telling you guys, I said, do you know that the priesthood of your forefathers was so strong and with a lot of commitment? So much so that after you were born, you see yourself in a dream. They were coming to feed you in a dream. It was the priesthood of your father that, that was being potent. They still came to you in the dream. Now that you are even a child of God, to give you food in the dream or to, to tell you that ah, you must answer the call and become a priest because your great-grandfather was a priest. That commitment of your great-grandfather to, a, a, to the devil is still very potent up to now. And your commitment to God has not done anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm saying, I'm also talking to myself. There are evil men of God who their commitment to God is questionable. And so when their children come, they start misbehaving, start flaunting around, living anyhow. God is looking for the kind of commitment where he has a stake, he has a place completely. He told Abraham to circumcise himself. Now look at how circumcision is done. Um, some of you have an idea. So, um, I have to illustrate with something. Circumcision, give me your paper, sorry. Circumcision is done this way. I just want to show you because God wanted to come to Abraham's family and change a whole lot of things. He wanted, you know, when God, after God spoke to Abraham, I said, walk for me blameless, he changed his name, changed his wife's name, gave him a son. But this time around, he wanted to walk in that family completely. And he told Abraham, the sign that you have given yourself completely to me is that you must circumcise yourself. Now Abraham took knife. Now when a person is being given birth to and the person is not yet circumcised, there is something that you notice. The skin, amen? Hallelujah. Are you paying attention? Can I have another paper? Can I have another small paper? The skin. Huh? Huh? Um, small people, yes. Thank you, man of God. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes. I want to illustrate this to you. When somebody is giving birth to, when someone is giving birth to, there are things that, especially a male, and you know how funny it is? God just told him to circumcise all the male children. To, to let him know that God was interested in his generation. Amen? 
there are things God is going to tell you to do. When he tells you to do those things, or he brings you to that level of commitment, understand that he is actually looking out for your generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are things, there are kinds of commitment that God demands of me. After he demands that of me, I, I feel very, it, 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 it comes so painful to me, but I, I just notice that the, the pain I feel is because he's looking out for my generation. Sometimes some of the things you do for God is going to result to a generational blessing, and you don't know it. Sometimes your commitment to God, your sacrifice, your, your, your consecration to God will bring about rest for your whole generation and you don't know it. That little thing you are doing in church, that little sacrifice could lead to a generational abolishment of poverty and you don't even know it. He was doing that one thing with Abraham and it was so painful but it was for a generational security. Now, can I shock you? You will never meet an Israelite that is poor. Never. An Israeli man that is poor. You will never meet anyone that is poor. In fact, over 6.4 or 6.7% of the whole world's wealth eh, is controlled by an Israeli. The Israelis. The wealth in the whole world. Eh, 6.7% of the whole wealth in the whole You know how big the world is now. Now, Jewish people, now in Geta, the wealth. Now, Nigeria did not own up to zero point something. Let me just tell you. In fact, we are zero point zero zero. Just to give you an idea of where we are. <laughs> Even Aliko Dangote, that is called the richest man in in Africa, does not. He, he doesn't have up to zero point zero zero something of the world's wealth. Just to tell you what one man's obedience did for a generation. Somebody shall say with me, I will consecrate. I want to do something very important. Now, this is what this is what circumcision is. Some of you don't understand how painful that thing is. Let me show you. It's only our, our mothers in the house that can understand what circumcision is. Uh, yes, some fathers too that has children. But some young men. Eh? Do you know what circumcision is? Yeah, yeah. Story. <laughs> How many of you do not understand what circumcision is? You don't know how circumcision is done? Yes, him. Samuel, do you know how circumcision is done? Eh? No, you don't. Okay. Who else? Do you understand how circumcision is done? Do you understand how circumcision is done? Ah, it's like, so we have knowledge before. Okay, tell me how circumcision is done. Give me an idea. Do you understand? You don't understand how it's done. Sir, do you understand how it's done? Have you ever seen it done before? Eh? You have ever seen it done? Eh? Okay. Do you understand how it's done? So how this is done? Give me a sit down. Tell me how it's done. Okay. What's the first key? Okay. So yeah. now this is let's say this is the penis of um a child, right? Let's say this is the penis of a child. Um this particular one, if the child has a foreskin, normally, this is how, I don't know how to explain this now, this is how it's supposed to look like, you know, but if a child is, has not yet been circumcised, the real penis will be hidden somewhere inside. So, the circumcision is, you cut this path 
of the penis of the child so that the real penis can become visible. That's the head of the penis can become visible. And God told Abraham to circumcise. He was old. And told Abraham to cut that part of his. You know, Abraham just held part out part of his this thing and he used knife and cut it. Ordinary God telling you to be faithful and constant or committed to his house is a problem. But look at what God told Abraham to do. And he didn't think it twice. Are you seeing what consecration can do? He took knife, cut it, looked for his firstborn, took knife, cut it, looked for his servants, all the males around him, he had to cut this part out of their, their body. You know how, how painful that is? Now, now, do you, do you know the, symboli the symbolism of that thing they did? They were giving a part of them symbolically for God to occupy. I don't know what I'm saying. They are saying, this part of me, I'm giving it. Because anytime God demands something of you, what you have given is that you have given a part of yourself to God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? If God demands your money, you have, what he has demanded for is you. If he demands your time, what he has demanded for is you. If he demands your, your skills, you know how to do this in, in the house of God, what he has demanded for is you. And he will demand for everything. He will demand for all of you. He will demand for it in different ways. He can tell you to stop, to quit that that, that girl you love so much or quit that boy, that relationship you love so much what he has actually demanded for is not that girl it's not your foreskin what he has demanded for is who? is you if he demands something that is so painful to you what he demanded for is you and if you would give it to him he will occupy that, that space that you lost, he will take it he will occupy that space when I began to meditate on this message and I saw how painful this thing is, I said, God, why, why did you have to allow us to go through so much pain? And he showed me a scripture. He showed me a scripture. Look at this scripture he showed me. Matthew. Matthew 16 and verse 24. Matthew 16 and verse 24. You're going to see. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So he didn't ask them to cut their foreskin because he was going to do anything with it. But he wanted a part of them. He wanted them to give a part of themselves so that he can take charge of all that they are and all that they have. Matthew 16 verse 24. Quickly, let's read this together. One, two, three, go. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Somebody say, deny yourself. This is what consecration is. That there is something you must deny yourself of. That you enjoy, you love, but you say, no. I am giving this thing away for my God. I am setting this one apart for my God. I am setting Sunday services 
Sunday, every Sunday, apart from my God. Anybody you see who does not honor Sunday services and go to church on Sunday, that person does not understand consecration. And God cannot do so much with that person. I'm telling you the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says that Jesus created for six days and on the seventh day he rested. So even, sorry, God himself rested on the seventh day trying to te teach us how to set apart something for, for him. He said he rested, he, he decided to set the seventh day apart for himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? He cannot set it apart from any other person because nobody is bigger than him. But after he was, he walked for six days he created, did everything. On the seventh day, he said, no, I'm setting this seventh day apart for myself. So there is a day that has been set apart for God. On that day, that's not where you should wash your clothes. If you're a Christian that understands consecration, that's the day you should go be in church. That's the day you should be in the house of God. Because if you deny yourself all of those pleasures, maybe you are, you are feeling sleepy, you are feeling tired, you are feeling weak, and you deny yourself, and you come to church, that sacrifice of coming to church, God sees it. And God gives a measure of himself to that consecration. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So many of you think, you, when you come to church, you don't waste it. You, when you come to church, and you, you, you set apart that song, something from God drops on you. You see, it is real. And if many of you, the reason why many of you don't even benefit from it is because you don't understand how serious it is. If you understand how serious it is, after leaving church, you should have enough faith that as I'm leaving this church now, miracles are going to start happening. Money's going to enter my hand. Things are going to start working. Are you following me what I'm saying? That's because I have set apart something from, for God. So God has taken. That's why the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in his name. He is there. He shows up. Because those two or three had left something to come. Am I communicating here? So he shows up. So when I leave the presence of God, I'm living in an assurance that I have come from a place where I set apart something and God has taken over a part of my life. And so I'm expecting results. God has manifested his power over a part of my life because I set apart something. And therefore I'm expecting the results. I set apart my time. Therefore I'm expecting something to happen. I set apart my resources. Therefore, I'm expecting something. That's the same mentality we sacrifice. Am I communicating here? That's why we give in church. That's why we pray in church. That's why we live righteous. The Bible says, my brother, the righteous is as bold as a lion. When you live righteously, there is something, there is something that comes on your inside that gives you an assurance that God will definitely answer my, my prayers. God will definitely change my life. That's consecration. Look at that scripture we just read. It says, he that must come after me must deny himself, must take up his cross. I thought many people are, call themselves Christians. The meaning of Christian is follower of Christ. Many people call themselves Christians, but not many people are willing to deny themselves and take up their cross. So two things make up consecration. Denying yourself and taking up your cross. I will deny myself of the things I, my, I really want, I really love. And then secondly, I will take up a cross. I will take up a burden for Jesus. That's consecration. I have never seen a man who followed after Jesus and missed his way in destiny. 
Never. <laughs> Can I shock you? Can I shock you? The Bible says that the disciples that followed after Jesus, pay attention to this. The disciples that followed after Jesus, Jesus had sent them out two, two by two to go and preach. He said he didn't send, he, he, he took away their purse, took away their staff, took away their shoes. And they were, they, they were followers of Jesus. They had denied themselves and they were now taking up their cross to follow after Jesus. Said when Jesus sent them out to preach two by two to carry their cross, to carry a burden for God, two by two, the Bible says and when they returned, they didn't carry staff, they didn't carry purse, they didn't carry shoe, they just wore their clothes, empty handed. The Bible says when they returned, Jesus asked them do you lack anything? Let me show you something. Jesus asked them, do you lack anything? And they said, guess their response. John. Okay. I want to show you that scripture now. Jesus asked. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 22 and verse 35. Luke 22 and verse 35. I just want you to see it. What happens to a man who consecrates themselves? What happens to people who consecrate themselves? Luke 22 and verse 35. Let's, let's read it together. Are you there, sir? Are you there? Sorry, see your, see your paper so you can write. Luke 22 and verse 35. If you are there, say, I'm here. Where's your Bible? Please, you know I said everybody should be coming with their Bibles. Please, it's very important. Luke 22 and verse 35. Let's read 1, 2, 3, go. One, wait. 1, 2, 3, go. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals. Okay, let's read together now again. Luke 22, 35. Are you there, sir? Jeremiah. Samuel. Are you there? Luke 22:35. I want everybody to be looking at this scripture. I want everybody to look at Luke. Hey. Your pastor, your pastor, your pastor. Okay. One, two, three, go. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? How can you? Hold on. He said to them what? what the scripture is saying. He said, then Jesus asked them, I said, did you lack anything? They didn't have money, they didn't have bag, they didn't have shoes, they didn't have anything. Nothing. And they took up their cross and followed after Jesus. And Jesus asked them, did you lack anything? And they said nothing. That's the power of consecration. Am I communicating here? So the question you should ask yourself is, what have I denied myself of and what am I carrying for the Lord? What burdens am I carrying for the Lord? Because if you genuinely carry something for the Lord, carry a burden for the Lord, deny yourself, 
of pleasures, then you are ready for generational lifting. Even as you do it, God begins to take care of your own needs. One of the first words, I, you know, I heard the, God, the voice of God for the first time literally in my ears. The first thing he told me, he said, if you do my work, I will do your work. That's the first word I heard from God. First word. It is very, very true. Am I communicating here? Hey, are you with me? He said, they did not lack anything. From now on, I prophesy over everyone who believes this word from my mouth. By the mercy of God, by the mystery of consecration and commitment, your lacks disappears. I say your lack disappears. I said your lacks disappears. In the mighty name of Jesus. God is looking for people who will consecrate themselves. Shout a big amen. I think I would, I would I'll read one last scripture and then we'll be rounding off. What's Thursday's topic? Sir Friday. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. What, let's talk about a little bit about denying yourself. Let's talk a little bit about denying yourself. Yeah. Okay. Are we there? Rom no. Romans 6 and verse 13. I want everybody to be looking at it while we read. It's very important. Yes, anybody? Hallelujah. Yeah? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Okay, so so read, 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 sir. Romans six. Yes. 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 Wait. He said, you use your members as what? So look at it. Very simple. What it means to deny yourself and and carry your cross. Yield your members as instrument of righteousness. My hands is an instrument of righteousness. My mouth is an instrument of righteousness. My eyes is an instrument of righteousness. Job made a consecration with his eyes. He will not look upon him then. So my legs are instruments of righteousness. My stomach. Is an, that's what it means. Yield your members. Now, it means this. It also means everything that makes you up. Everything. Your money is an instrument of righteousness. When you buy, listen to listen to this. When you buy MB, and you are using the MB to browse a pornographic site, do you know that you are using a member of your body as an instrument of unrighteousness? The money that you use, uh, that as you are streaming that your pornographic site, you are helping them make more money. That's what you are doing. So you are using your member as an instrument of unrighteousness. When you use your money and buy cigarettes for somebody or buy alcohol for somebody, you're using your 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 members as instrument of what? Of what? Of unrighteousness. It's as is as is as detailed as that. But they say we should not yield ourselves as members of of as our, our bodies as instruments of righteousness, but now we should use them as instruments of righteousness. Shout aloud, amen. amen. Yes, go ahead, sir. 
For sin shall not have dominion over you. Go ahead. Yes. For you are not under the law. So, you see, when you yield yourself, amen, sir, you know that thing called addiction is, it starts with yielding. If I give myself to be a, an instrument of unrighteousness, the devil will make me do it at least three times. If I do it three times, I will, he will now have dominion over me. I can't stop myself from doing it anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how it works. Go ahead, sir. Yes. Yes. Under grace. Yes. Yes. Whoever you yield yourself to be a servant. Yes. You shall become his servant. Yes. Yes. Unto righteousness. Yes. I think this is verse 19 now. I get into verse 19. Where are you? Uh, verse what? Okay. Self to. Yeah. Yes. Some people are not looking at their Bibles. Please look at your Bibles now. Verse what are you now? Yes. Everybody look at verse 17. Romans 6 from verse 17. I'm waiting for them to open their Bibles. I want them to see. Romans 6 from verse 17. Sometimes some of us get tired of looking at the Bible, but you see, that, that can change your life. Romans 6 and verse 17. Now, verse 17, 1, 2, 3, go. Continue. For God being said that these were the servants of sin, yes. For sin has So the Bible says you have now been made free from sin and now you have now become the servant of righteousness. This is verse 18, right? Verse 19, verse 19 yes. I speak after this manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Mm -hmm. Look at this. The same way you yielded your members to become a servant unto unrighteousness. Am I communicating? The same way you gave yourself, you yielded yourself. Go ahead. Yes. Yield your members unto holiness. Now, are, are you with me? So the same way you gave yourself to start lying, the first day you lied, it was not easy. The first day you stole money, sit down, sir. Thank you so much. The first day, you know, I remember when I was not yet born again, when I was a child. The first day I lied, I, I stole, I stole. Me and my brother, we stole. Let me tell you the story. Not proud of it. Oh my God, it was a terrible experience. My, my brother was the gangster in the family anyways. Amen? <laughs> so we went to a shop and we, you know, I don't know what gave us that devilish wisdom, but my brother brought the idea and anyways. And, and we watched a lot of movies. So we, we saw how, especially Aki and Popo, those children did a lot of things to us. Aki and Popo movie, you know, when we are young, I, I was not asking my parents, I said, has he, I can't see Aki and Papa movies anymore. Why? The people now started saying that ah, that this movie made their children misbehave. Amen? It was funny, but those things that those boys did, and 
my, after watching their movies for a long time, me and my brother, we start seeing ourselves as Akiyambo. You know that scripture where the Bible says, beholding in the glass, the same image of the Lord, they are being changed. That thing, that scripture is real. After watching for a long time, both of us, that's one stubbornness, one spirit of cunningness that just comes. So me and my brother bounce to one man's shop. The man sells bread, sells drugs, and sells bread. So me and my brother, he, he planned it. If that man is, is, you tell him that you want to buy this, you want to buy that. If he has, ask him for what he does not have. As he's talking to the man, as I'm talking to the man, him will be outside. Or as he's talking to the man. So one of those days, I think I was, it was my turn to do it. So he was talking to the man. He said, man, I was outside. And I couldn't. As I touch the bread, my hand shake, 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 shake. My leg was shaking like this. <laughs> I removed my hand. My brother would take a look at me. <laughs> I will now try again. My leg. As I held it, because my brother was trying to leave the place, and the man was going to come out. As I held the bread, my hand was shaking. My leg was shaking. I moved a little bit inside. My brother now came out and started running. As soon as I saw my brother running, I, I, I ran, I fell down, I stood up, ran, fell down, stood up. I now saw that it is hard to sin. If you have been tempted before to maybe sin, commit something, you will notice it's very difficult. True of us? The Bible says, as you yielded yourself, the same way you yielded yourself to that sin, and it was not easy the first time you did it. The first time you smoked, you coughed. The first time I smoked, I remember, I smoked once, and that was the last time. My brother also the gangster guy. <laughs> was it's my younger brother, but he had wisdom in, in weak, evil wisdom. <laughs> so we went to steal. This one is also stealing. We stole. The man was there. I'll just tell you guys the story because it's fun. The man was there. He was an old man digging, trying to clear suck away from our house. So there's a way they clear suck away so that water can pass freely. The man was doing that, and my brother just said. See Baba Yakubu, let's go and collect it. Look at his cigarette. He just left his cigarette. He doesn't care about his cigarette. Let's go and collect it. It was a Saturday. I can't remember. I can't forget that. I was very young, but I can still remember. I don't know how come. So my brother went, collected the first stick and ran away. I said, Ah, this Baba doesn't notice that somebody has collected the cigarette. And I said, Let me try, let me try, let me try. I went. By this time, I had stolen more than once, so it was easy. I took it. And I we came. <laughs> I said, Winner, you suppose. I stole my brother's name now. <laughs> I said, Wina, his name is Wina. <laughs> Ironically. So he I, I said, You're supposed as you take your own cigar, you're supposed to carry my own. Like, I can't carry your own. And I went, carry it. Do you know my brother smoked <laughs> cigarette? And he smoked it and he was okay. Me. I don't know if he had been smoking before. <laughs> well me, I took it, I took like three I took like three drugs and the whole world wanted to end. Cigarettes. I didn't. Know. I see people taking it. I even see the Baba every time he's puffing it. My neighbor in our compound. Every time he comes back in the night, wake up in the morning, puff, puff. Everybody, hey, nigga, nigga. Everybody was puffing it around our environment. That's why it's good to raise your children around good environment. And that is why God will bless all of you in this church. So you have money to live in very clean places. Say a loud amen. amen. I vow, though, my children will attend the best schools. My children will, will go to the, will live in the best environments. Shout the loudest, amen. amen. Now that's the life to live. Now, so we, I, I smoked that for the first time, and my eye turned me. My, throughout that day, we now went for a wedding, me and my brother, 
We went for a wedding. My brother was enjoying himself, was feeling okay. And me, my eye was turning me. Everywhere was turning. Everything I eat, I'll vomit. Everything I, everything I say, I will never in my whole life try this again. That was my first experience. And I, I vowed I will never try it again. And actually did not try it again. My brother kept on doing it. Amen? So it was very hard. That sin was very hard. To commit those things were very hard. But as we, if you continue in them, you become an expert. True or false? The Bible says the same way you yield yourself to those things, that's the same. If you want to consecrate yourself, if you want to be consecrated unto the Lord so that God can have a stake in your life. And you know when God has a stake in somebody's life, you can't kill the person anyhow. I'm sure you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God has a stake, that means there's something God is going to benefit from your life. You can't die anyhow. So, when you decide that God is going to have a stake in my life, I'm going to deny myself and carry my cross. Now, what you're going to do is that the same way you yield yourself to those sins, you now start have to start yielding yourself to become instrument of righteousness, unrighteousness. So, to, you wake up one day, I don't feel like coming to church. My body is not feeling well. But you push yourself and come to church. You feel like dying. You feel like it, you're, it's, this thing is too hard. This thing is too boring. Listen to me. When I when we started, when I gave my life to Christ, I gave my life to Christ when I was. I, we did wickedness and and a lot of evil when we are young. As as early as six, seven years, me and my brother have spoiled. We did a lot of terrible things. But when I gave my life to Christ at the age of eleven, I started. They would tell us, okay, we are fasting, and we are fasting from six to six. Anytime I hear six to six, I've died. Don't even say any other thing. As I hear six to six, <laughs> I will not wake up that day. <laughs> it's Bulala they used to use and wake up. Now, one, my mom says, now, my brother, in fact, because we are still struggling, you know, are you with me? Because we are still struggling to submit ourselves to become instruments of, righteous, of, of righteousness. So, what my brother will do is that we will fast. When we get to somewhere, in fact, the hunger used to be more around 11. You know. So, me and my brother would usually, we would hide, um, our, we would keep our food on the night before the fast. Amen? Amen? Amen. We would hide some food. So, me, I, I used to, if it's bread, I keep some bread. My brother would keep. It was hard! So, when it's getting to 11 and the hunger started, we would eat, eat something. And then we would We'll, we'll pretend like we have not eaten. And then we'll continue the fast. But as we began to push ourselves, yield ourselves, yield ourselves, yield ourselves, oh my God. I noticed it was nothing. I could now fast and I didn't, I didn't feel anything. I noticed that I, would, I could stay for days, self. I have not eaten. And, and there's a joy that fills my stomach. And I'm, I'm just okay. That is what happens when you yield yourself as instrument of righteousness. At the first time, it will not be easy. To come to church will be a difficult thing. To pray will be difficult. But if you yield yourself, the way you gave yourself to sin, you give yourself now completely. You don't feel like doing anything for God. You start doing it. You do it after a while. You become used to it. You become consecrated. You become, if, if the, the first day God called Abraham, if that was the day God told Abraham, cut your first skin, circumcise yourself, Abraham would have died. I mean, he would have run away. But God gave him time. He would give him this one. He would do it. He would yield. He would yield. He would yield.
until it, it, until God even asked him, give me your son. And he didn't take it twice. True or false? So it is, if you want to become an instrument of righteousness, you must consciously yield it. Help me touch your neighbor saying, you must yield yourself. It's something you do consciously. Nobody will do it for you. Your pastor cannot do it for you. I can only tell you, oh, you've not been in church. Come to church. Be in church. Pray. I will only encourage you. But yourself, you have to determine and say, my generation will, will be blessed because of me. My children unborn will thank God that I, I followed him. That's what I tell my, my, my mates. I said, see, this is what people are thinking I'm foolish. Uh, I'm supposed to be abroad, but I'm here doing all of these things for God. You think I'm foolish? I said, I'm, I'm sowing a seed for my children unborn. And that's the right thing to do. Am I communicating here? So, you yield yourself. You, you, after a while, you are carried. After a while, it's no longer a struggle. After a while, you enjoy doing it. There are people that enjoy fasting, enjoy praying. You don't wait for anybody to call you. You are already up, ready for church, excited about church. Because you know that anything God takes, he gives back ten times. He gives back multiplied. Say with me, anything God takes... He gives it back in multiplied version. That's it. Whatever he takes. That's why if you see me giving, I'm not stupid though. I'm not stu- it's a way of life. The pain I feel, I will feel, the lack I will feel is only for a moment. If I am living a consecrated life, it's, a, it's just a matter of time. The things that people are lacking, I will not lack it. It's a matter of time. I might lack now, but I will not lack anything subsequently. It's a law of life. Seek it first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and every other thing will be added. That scripture is real. The problem is that Christians don't want to practice it. We just want to pray and let God answer. We don't want to give ourselves. Only want to call on God, but we can't. We don't give Him a place. Help me tell your neighbor. Now is the time to give your all and give your best. Say loud, Amen. amen. Say the loudest, Amen. So with this teaching, we're not just going to teach you and, and, and keep quiet. Everybody who came to church, look for something you are going to be doing for God. Something you are going to deny yourself of and something, a body you are going to carry on your shoulders for the Lord. Something between you and God. It could be, you can tell me actually about it, but I don't have to know. But let it be something that you want to be doing. For, you deny yourself of this thing and you start doing this thing for God from today henceforth. Say loud, Amen. So next week Sunday, we are going to have a get together. Someone say get together. Say it again. Say get together. What's the topic for next Sunday, sir? No. Okay, no, we did find in the flame last week. So check it again. Check it again. Check the topic for Thursday and, and then for Sunday. So okay, so so ah, God. If you missed Thursday's um last week Thursday's service. I don't know what to say to you. You missed, you missed a lot, right? Those of you that were there, you missed a lot. Now, I, I've taught them how to spread fire. Amen? How to spread love, how to spread power, how to spread sound mind. Amen? I taught you guys how to do that. How you can be around a person and the person just carries the power of God. You can be around the person and the person just feels the love of God. It's a, it's a technology. And today, I want to show you how to keep, um, on next Thursday, this Thursday, I'll show you how to keep the flames. How to stay on fire. That means you will not be moved. You are consistently on track with God. And then on Sunday, Octane. Please don't.
don't miss Sunday service. Octane is the fuel that is used by a jet. Amen? Amen. And next week Sunday, we are going to be experiencing an energy from God that will shoot us up and shoot us to our destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is an energy from God that makes for speed. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm teaching about Octane to show you what, what can guarantee speed in life, speed in finances, speed in all that you lay hands to do. You can be here this year, but in the next two months, your life can change. It is powered by something called Octane. The Octane of God. Hallelujah. So, um, next week Sunday, we're going to have a get-together. We're going to eat, we're going to dine, we're going to get to know ourselves, we're going to play games. Please take note of this. But I want every one and each of us to come with at least one person. You, one person, you, one person, you, one person, you, one person, you, one Everybody just come with one person. And we're going to have a get-together. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Can we do that? Yes. Next week Sunday is a get-together. Look for one person. And what I'm saying one person now, as you are going home, just start looking for the one person. Get the number of the person, call the person, look for the one person immediately. And those of you who are watching us online, share the broadcast ten times. Share the broadcast, share the links, and make sure that you are connected. Shout it, hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning? I pray that God will help you not forget what you have heard. Shout the loudest amen. Shout the loudest amen. I said, shout the loudest, amen. amen. Okay, so deny yourself, follow me, and you will never lack anything. You will never lack anything. You will never lack anything. Before you cough, the money will show up. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shout the loudest, amen. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. Two things you want to do for the one thing you deny, and that thing you're going to be doing for God. Make that decision now in your heart. Close your eyes and make that decision. What do you want to deny? What do you want to start doing? What do you want to stop? It, don't, don't wait for something to happen for you to stop that thing. You must make a decision. It's a decision. If it was not your decision, God will not say in, in Romans 12 that you should present your body. He said you should present your body because it is your duty. It is your responsibility to do it. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. It is your responsibility to present your body. Nobody will do it for you. You are the one that will say, This one, I've stopped it. This one, I will start it. I'll start praying every 12 midnight. I'll start giving my tithes. I'll start, you know, something that you start doing. You can be more than one. Something you will stop and something you will start for God. It can be more than one. Just make that decision right now. If you have to write it down, write it down. But it's because it's very important. This is my consecration to the Lord. 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 Father, help us. This is my consecration to the Lord. Maybe you have a day you start going for evangelism or a day you start, you know, praying, you know, a time you'll be praying every day or a time you'll be fasting every day. This is consecration. This is consecration. 
you must deny yourself of something. Whether through fasting, whether through prayer, you must deny yourself of something and you must give yourself for something. Help us, Holy Spirit. Come on, just talk to God. This is between you and your Father. This is between you and your Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Amen. Let me tell you some. Let me just give you one thing, and then we'll close. You see why I said you should write your consecration down is very important. Some a man, a mighty man of God called John G. Lake, he walked in the power of God like never before. You see, there are people that, because of them, their whole generation will change. That's the kind of people God asks us to raise in this church. Amen. Say because of me, my generation be blessed. John Gillig was a man that did a lot of things for God. God used him like never before. If John Gillig enters a meeting and there is somebody that is dead, the person will rise. He walked in so much power. He did a lot of exploits for God. There was there were consecrations. There were about um, seven or more consecrations. About eight consecrations John Gillig had. Personal consecrations with the Lord. Things he denied himself from and things he decided to take up for the Lord. Amen? So, if I ask you, they ask you anyway, what is consecration? Consecration is your willingness to deny yourself and take up the cross to follow God. That's consecration. Amen? So, look at some of the things that John G. Lake denied himself from. Some of his consecrations, he wrote it down. He said, this was the sixth one. He said, I shall not harbor any impure thoughts in my mind, but shall endeavor to make every act uplifting. The fifth one, he said, by the grace of God, I will always be merciful for giving those who transgress against me and endeavoring to correct these ills of humanity instead of merely punishing them for their sins. So he, he, he consecrated himself and made the decision that he will not punish people for their sins. He will forgive them. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. He, he entered a consecration of forgiving people. If anybody hurts him, he will forgive them. Part of the things I'm, that God is helping me to do no matter what you do to me, I'm just forgive you. you I, it, that because it's not meant to be easy. It's meant to hurt you. It's yourself. You're denying your own self. And as you deny yourself, God, God sees that sacrifice and occupies what you have given. Occupies the space that you gave him. That's why one man will shout, in Jesus' name we pray. And a dead man will wake up. A blind man will see. A man that is done will start talking. And one man will shout, fire, fire, fire. Nothing's happening. That, the difference between two of them is what? Consecration. He even went ahead to say something. Ah, God. The eighth, the eighth one, he says, says, I shall not become discouraged when I am persecuted on account of the right of, of the righteousness mentioned above on no more on account of any suffering I undergo. But I, but sh I shall gladly give my life rather than depart from this high standard of life. Rejoicing because I know I have a great reward in heaven. Say, no, even though he's, as he's doing all of these things, even though he faces persecution, he will not lower his standard. 
he will gladly give his life to uphold the standard, knowing that in heaven, there's a reward. Are you getting what I'm saying? I, like, one of my consecrations is I can't take alcohol. I can't. You never catch me. I can't smoke. Never. You can make certain consecrations with the Lord to, today. You can do that. There are certain consecrations I've made as help. I can never live on more than 30% of my money. Me. I can't. It's not even possible. The structures around me, I can never live on more than 30% of my personal money. Never. It's consecration. And God does not overlook just kind of things. Amen? Amen. Some of you can make a consecration to God and say, I will never be late to church. Some of you can make a consecration to God and say, I will always pray for 30 minutes. every Like, as a church, we have a consecration every day. We pray for at least one hour. We pray 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the night. At least one hour. Every member of this church. That's our consecration. If you are not doing it, it's because maybe you are not aware. Or you are not ready to partake in that consecration. And that's why you see things happening the way they happen. That is why things are... See, listen. That is why we are not struggling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are not struggling here. That's a consecration. Let me show you what number two of his consecration is. He said, I shall not cease to cry to God and implore him to deliver mankind from the effects of sin so long as sin lasts, but shall cooperate with God in the redemption of mankind. I, I will have seasons of prayer and fasting in behalf of man, on behalf of mankind, weeping and bewailing their lost condition. This is another consecration he entered for intercession. He entered a consecration that he will always intercede for people. One of you here can enter a consecration and say, Lord, I'm going to consecrate my life to be praying for the salvation of souls. Amen? Are we together? God, if God cannot see that kind of sacrifice, the Bible says God is not unjust to ignore the labor of our hands. Remember, I've also told us that God is the rewarder of them that diligently do what? Some of us want God to reward, to answer, but we don't want to seek Him diligently. We don't want to give something away. We don't want to consecrate ourselves. We don't want to deny ourselves. We don't want to take up a cross. What I'm teaching you will make your life easy like this. What did I say? It will make your life easy like this. Shout it be amen. amen. Shout the loudest amen. amen. What I'm teaching you, if you learn how to do it, like Moses, something will ha happen to you one morning. You just wake up. Something will happen to you one morning. Anybody that looks at you will want to give you even their last card. <laughs> David had a level of consecration. And the people who were around him, he, he, he only was thirsty. He said, I am thirsty. I need water. People went into war and fought to get water to one man. For anybody to risk his life, for him, you know that there is something in that man. I get what I'm saying. There's something about that man. What can make you different? What can make, what can make your destiny help and not to sleep? Is your consecration with God, your dealings with God. There's a way you're going to deal with God. God will put himself on you. People will be restless because of you. Anywhere you are, they will look for you. That is the realm we are coming into as a church. I thought your amen would be louder. Amen. I'm teaching this not as a message. I'm teaching this as an impartation. Receive the grace to consecrate yourself. 
Shout the loudest amen. amen. Some of you, what you need to do is enter your phone, look for the number of that lady, Deborah. Click the option button. Look for where they wrote block. Sometimes it's on red. It's usually on red ink. Click it. Block. I broke you from my present and my future. You will never. That's how I am. Oh. Telling you. If I notice that somebody is taking my attention, if it's a lady, I will look for her number. I say, okay, 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 okay. I've seen you. I'll look for block. I don't, I don't. And if I block you, I never will block you. My blocking ministry is very strong. Somebody tell your neighbor, let your blocking ministry be strong. I'm telling you, this thing is serious. Because you know that if this lady is close, she will make you break your consecration. Like something. They, they vowed that as long as his hair is on his head, as long as he was born, he, nothing would talk, no razor. But something was so foolish, he broke his consecration. And then he lost his power. He lost his strength. The, the, the place God was occupying, God stepped out because the consecration was broke. Consecration is preparing a place where only God can sit. And then as soon as God stepped out, he was now like a bread, like chaff. May your consecrations with God not be broken. Listen, look for something. Listen, I'm telling you, even occultic people understand this thing. They understand this thing. So they will give you millions of money and tell you you can't sleep in the night. They will give you plenty of money. If you sleep in the night, you die. And you can't dare it. I know of somebody in Apo here. Had a house, had every. He doesn't sleep in that house. In the night, that's when he now goes around. Go to clubbing. So when you see people, some people going to clubbing and spending and splashing money, don't envy them. Some of them are paying demonic consecrations. And you too, you can become one. You can become a watchman in the spirit. Many times when I go to bed, it's three, four. I'm awake. Sometimes I'm praying. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm meditating. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I'm watching messages. See, this is consecration. You can't create a space for God and he not show up. You can't call on the God that consumed by fire and not see fire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't. He's real. He's too real to fool you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's too real to fool you. Just pay that price and you'll see what he'll do. Shout the loudest, amen. That grace is coming upon us tonight. Amen. Jesus' mighty name. Next Sunday, this place is not going to be big enough to contain the people that are going to come. God is going to send people from everywhere. So prepare yourselves in prayers too. So Lord, as I'm coming, let the, an energy come within me that will set me for flight. Next week Sunday, is, I can, you can call it the flight service. You are going to be launched into whatever God has planned for your life. Say it loud, amen. amen. There is an energy from God that will launch you into your death. If you if you have destiny helpers that have not located you, next week Sunday they will find you. Amen. So let's from now, let's just hold hands. You know, so let's pray about it. Let's pray about Thursday service. Let's pray about Sunday service. That in those meetings people will be changed. Just hold your hands together. Stand to your feet. We are closing already. In those meetings, destinies will be rearranged. Will be organized. It will be literal. It will be literal. Some of you will stumble into unusual, unusual breakthroughs by the power of God. Just open your mouth and pray. Say, Father, during keep the flame service and during octane service, let men be launched into the fulfillment of their destinies. Let this church be launched into the fulfillment of his destiny. Just go ahead and pray for yourself now. Pray for the church. 
we see launching, simultaneous launchings into the fulfillment of destiny. People will become all that God wants them to become. Oh my God. Vele talima longa. Vele talima longa. Vele talima longa. Shakala brana mandes. Shakala brana mandas. Is our season of incredible speed. It is still our season of incredible speed. It is still our seasons of incredible speed. We pray for Sunday service. We pray for all our members all over the world. We pray for this territory that the people who are connected to us will come. The people who are connected to this mean, this commission comes. The people whose destinies will be aligned by this commission, they come. They come. They come in their numbers. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Rako teke bahasande. Ruta kambrashina mondelegabus satia. Vende gedo sokuba. Zendo kobarata bosate. Lindo zakramandela bias. Zikilama mande suriyamba. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. In Bashata, in the Kopraste, in the mighty name of Jesus. See, like in this church, I, I like some of you to make a decision that is something you want to be doing for God in church. It could be coming early, cleaning the place, or arranging the place, joining a unit, something like Bro Friday. You know, Bro Friday will walk, walk, walk. The, the message for August, he has already done the designs. You know, he has already prepared himself. The messages for August, all the devotionals. You know, has already he's already working ahead. Those are some of the things that he's doing. I don't know if it's part of his consecration, but those are things that when God sees that he's denying himself, sometimes he doesn't even sleep in the night. Sometimes there are times me and he will be in my house. He'll be awake. He'll be awake. Sometimes I'll go to I'll go to, to the room. He'll be awake. I'll wake up. He will still be working. In the same way, I want to challenge all of you. Look for something in the house of God and say, this one, I'm going to be serious with this one. I'm going to take a, pay attention to this one. I'm going to join with this one. And this one will work on my account. Say a loud amen. amen. These are not the seasons to sit and wait for things to happen. These are the things, seasons to partner with God. To hold God's hands. And then you will see where he takes you to. Anybody whose hands are held with God's hands cannot end up small. You will not end up small. Shout the loudest, amen. amen. Come on, you, I thought you shouted the loudest, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So, I, we are going to have a very short drama, because we are very late now. Just a very short drama from the drama unit. We have a drama unit now. Let's clap for Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, drama unit, just give us a very short. I want to sit down and watch your drama. Short, make it very short. Everything short, short, short. Sit down for a while. Let, let's have your drama quickly. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready? So...